Hi, this is Shashi Saluna, and I am exploring a topic today that so needs to be talked about in Tantra, and that is the field of trauma and whether or not it's even possible to bring trauma-informed Tantra and also what that would look like. So who I'm going to be inviting today is Buster Rodvik, who is the founder of Embodied Intimacy. And he's also a certified sensory motor psychotherapist with his own private practice. He's actually one of my go-tos. Like, I just think he is fantastic and somebody that I go to whenever I need support. He has an MA in psychology and couples and family therapy. He specializes in individual couple and group therapy for trauma and attachment-related issues around intimacy, sex, and relationship. Um, so he's he very much leads by example. He's known for his openness, his transparency. Even when he's feeling very messy, he, he reveals all. So it makes him very approachable. And he's very well known in the in the tantra field. He appears at many different festivals and events. So he's really um, one of our leading voices in this field on the topic. So I'm thrilled to be inviting him here. Thank you for joining me. Wow! Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, from under your tree there in <laughs> in the countryside. In the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> Very beautiful. Yeah, so I'm so thrilled that we're, I mean, we can have this conversation. You and I have a lot of conversations on this topic. Um, yeah. And so I'm really happy that we can bring this to others because I know so many people are also looking at Tantra and wondering, is it, you know, is it possible to bring trauma-informed, uh, you know, practices and protocols into this field. So that's what we're mm. going to explore. Before we dive Not into exciting. that, I think it's really nice for, for listeners to find out a bit more about you. Um, so it would be great if you could share, I gave you the kind of qualifications, but maybe you can give a bit more about your story. How did you end up being into <laughs> all of these things? How do you end up with psychotherapy and Tantra? <sighs> yeah, it's basically my life my lifeline in a way i'm just noticing sitting here with you noticing the live button going on there's immediately a little bit of a freeze response happening in my system and it reminds me of i grew up stuttering so to be invited to speak in front of an audience brings up this trauma of shit i'm going to open my mouth and i'm going to feel as embarrassed as i've always done and i want to pull back and run away so this is a memory coming live right now. I'm like standing in front of you and other listeners and anyone else who steps into my room, I get to have this fear in my system and I get to connect with it. So as I am speaking into it though, I'm bringing this present moment, like I'm kind of standing on my feet on the ground, I'm feeling my, my, my spine supporting my head and I'm feel the saliva bubbling in my mouth and I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm okay feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. And that's for me, like, that's me just bringing myself here as I am. And I'm sure you have your version of social anxiety, performance anxiety, whatnot. So I'm bringing in what usually people would just pretend is not there as a basis, right? Mm -hmm. And... A little bit about my journey. Um, 
I was on my way to become a building engineer and an architect. I took a dance class and I was like freed for a moment from my own self-criticalness. I saw myself in the mirror in soccer shorts, trying to do pirouettes in a jazz class. And I had joy and love for myself. And I was like, whoa, I can be with my voice without judging myself. I need to explore this more. Because every time I had any self-expression, it was intellectual, it was philosophical, it was analytical, and I had this harsh inner critic. And yet, moving towards a dance career, um, at that time, no one knew what, what was PTSD, as in a somatic experience. As I began to move my body, all this pain came up. So I began to cope with overtraining and by binge eating. And I tried to do regular therapy where I talked about it. And I would just go in and share the most amazing analytical view of how I was going to do it differently and why I did it last time. To just go out and do it the same time, in the same way, exactly, to come back and feeling even more broken. Right? Yeah, so yeah. then I encountered the human university through an own meditation, a crazy zigzag of an emotional journey where I, where I realized you, this group of people, you are as crazy as I feel inside, but at least it's on the outside. <laughs> there was something freeing about like, yeah, let's just push the fucking edge on everything and let's go and explore because, you know, I try to keep everything down and pretend I'm a, I was fine. But with the consequence of binge eating and overtraining and trying to compensate for my shame by impressing the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. It's a very traumatized world, very split world of trying to be the one I needed to be to belong, a human need, and then hiding who I really was, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'd, I think you go straight to the, the source of what Tantra is for me, how I often define it when people ask. I, I'm, I say this is a path that's about, you know, reclaiming pieces that have been locked away in shame, in fear, like frozen, that were abandoned, that were judged, that were rejected, but they are part of us. And we lock them in the basement and try to just keep going you know, but we're feeling deeply split. And of course it all comes out in personal relationships, you know, and it all comes out in Bingo. sex, especially, you know, like sexual nah. energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're trying to keep it all down in the basement, but it keeps wanting to come up and it's like Tantra. I, I so feel it as, as it is the path that is about integrating those pieces together. And yeah. so actually when I, I hear you describe it, it's like the way you, you, you see it as a therapeutic process and Tantra, it's really one and much the same mm -hmm. uh, journey that we are uh, that we are exploring in the world of Tantra. I know everyone thinks it's about just being sexually liberated, but it's actually about liberating pieces of ourselves, right? Totally, totally. And I think what is connecting them is love. You know, as I am speaking into this, and right before you began to speak and share like how it really relates to the path that we are all like that we are both on professionally and personally I, I, I could feel a certain compassion arising from my own heart actually in just speaking the truth you know like there was something like okay this 
this is my path and I feel a love for that and I feel like I feel a, a, a love for the brokenness in a way and I think this is what we have in every human heart this compassionate response to vulnerability to standing naked in how it actually is and I think we're exhausted trying to be the one we think we need to be to belong and I think we are, we are, we are all drawn towards that Oh. <laughs> I can uh. see me now with you here. You know, regardless if it's on a podcast or in bed or in a work project, you know? That's intimacy. That is intimacy. And of course, intimacy is impossible without that, right? Yeah. Oh. Uh. Anyhow, I. I don't know if there's more of my journey, but I think that there's one more link that I want to make. Um, so I, I did a lot of work with, with my emotional body, my sexual body, my relational body at the Hume University for about six years. And it was very intense. It was like a, like a young, like as in masculine tantra, just fucking through hell to heaven, right? Encounter-based culture, lots of feedback. And sex was definitely a big part of it. And sex with everyone. It was like, it, it was part of the draw of, of, of that. And, and I saw some people were spat out very quickly from that world. Not everyone could stand it because they were just not fit for fight. But for me, it was fantastic. You know, to bring my fire into a creative direction. Thank you. Because of that, I'm still alive. So I have deep respect for that first generation of just push beyond boundaries and find the freedom, you know, and then let's meditate. Yeah, you know, for those that aren't familiar with it, I just um, I'll just add in a context. Humaniversity was um, created by one of Osho's followers, um, Varesh, and yeah, like as you describe, it's like full on emotional release and expression and encounters. And I also really resonate with it because it's one of the first things I found when I was 20 and I went to the Osho Ashram. I did, you know, I went down in a padded cell and did all this screaming and shouting and, and sexual dancing. And I was like a 20 year old British girl. I was like, oh, finally free. So I, it also drew me into the path. Um, but it's so good to start off by mentioning that because nowadays like 20 years later <laughs> you know a lot of neo tantra has been built on that foundation but now mm -hmm. we have more talk about trauma there's more awareness and there's kind of a bit of a a, a backlash happening of like is that yeah. actually traumatic so you then later trained as a psychotherapist in psychotherapy yeah. and so maybe you can talk a little bit about the the the, the limitations or maybe why some people get were getting traumatized um, through through these more yang, wild, <laughs> fiery methods. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, what you learned there between those two modalities? Yeah, so I think that, you know, if it, in order for us to have a learning experience that can help us integrate and stretch, uh, we also need to learn what a somatic sense of safety feels like. Like where I'm just connected to my body, where I'm residing in my being, where I'm home, like a home base. If I come to a social event, I'm already socially anxious and I already want to fit in. 
And I'm just, oh, you're going to do that? I'm going to make myself do that because belonging to this group is a lot more important than me actually being truth and honest that this is too much. And I might not even know what that even feels like because I'm living in too much all the time. And I'm tired of that. I just need some kind of experience. Someone out there, please tell me what the problem is so I can fix it. I want to surrender because I'm too much. So I go into a context like that and I just kind of jump but without having anything underneath me, anything inside of me that is any kind of centering and grounding. And I'm not actually seen. In a way, I'm just said, I'm come along here. So then I go, and of course there is an adventurer, there's a survivor, there's fucking, that survive by just going for it. Because I had to. But then I go for it in that way that looks cool, because I'm going to be among the cliquish, because I was bullied. Now I'm going to be even cool, I'm going to be in the in-group. It's going to do everything, but then... I go out into my regular life, into my regular relationship, into my regular, you know. And guess what happens? The slap effect. All those parts that were terrified, that were abandoned, that were rejected, that were critiqued, that were, you know, the sensitive parts, the vulnerable parts, the parts of me that... Yeah, that even have the strongest defenses connected to it because that's where I'm the most sensitive as a human being. The like PTSD, you know, is going to catch up. Right. So often it's like so people are like you say wanting to fit in and jumping in and going for it and and often as you mentioned, especially in more tantra workshops and and conscious sexuality, it involves jumping into sexual engagements and play parties and these kind of things as well. But then mm-hmm. afterwards, it can it can affect people, right? That, that's a bit of a problem that there's a mismatch between, you know, what we jump into in the moment, and then afterwards there can be confusion and, and things coming up. And yeah, and even while you know you were mentioning play parties, and like I, I would say play parties are not are not really play parties mostly for most people. They're actually trigger parties. They are minefields. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have fun with triggers. <laughs> you know, just imagine that you have attraction towards somebody and you want to have sex with them. Boom. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've all been there. We've done that. Like, that's uncomfortable to approach somebody when you're genuinely attracted because they, they might just say no or they might even ignore you. They just might in, be into somebody else. And then what do you do? What do you do with that? If, if the only thing is like, well, try to be more like us. You know, if, 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 if those more sensitive parts that come up when we are rejected, abandoned, feel critiqued, like what do we do in those? If, if there's a context that says, oh, that's lower. That's human. That's therapy. That's this. That's that. You know, it actually increases the trauma. The trauma is basically a medical term for a muscle is traumatized is basically ripped, ripped apart. So it can be traumatizing as in we increase the gap between the parts of me that you said that we want to integrate in love. Mm-hmm. 
So then while I'm in a workshop where that doesn't have a context for regulation or for actually there's a gas pedal to accelerate to what I want, there's a brake pedal to slow down when I'm beginning to feel a bit shaky. And there's a gearbox here that I can actually reverse out of this exercise with. But I need to be there. And if I'm not there, then who is there? But well, the instincts are there, the parts of me, the strategies that survived are there, just my autopilot is there, but they're not the ones that will change. They're just doing what they're doing, fight, fights. I can't teach fight to sit down and be nice. No fight needs to kill. Yeah. yeah are you following me? Yeah, yeah. These are strong instincts that are being brought up. So, you know, like as I listen to you, it's like, you know, the question bubbling in me is, is there a way to have these kind of playgrounds, you know, or exploratory, whether it's a workshop or more? And for those that don't know what a play party is, a play party is a, a sex positive setting where consenting adults come together who want to exchange all kinds of intimacy. And, and often it includes um, sexual penetration and other events don't include sexual penetration. So it's like a social event. Um, and it's commonly called a play party or a temple night. Um, and, you know, of course, people go for a reason. They're going because they want to explore and they want to explore in a, in a conscious space without drugs, without alcohol. Um, so there is a reason that people go to these events. And yet there is this risk, like you're saying, of abandoning themselves, you know, mm -hmm. losing their center, running out these instinctual behaviors and then afterwards coming home and feeling confused and uh, or even feeling re-traumatized. So, so what's to be done about it? This is the big question because I know that there's a big discussion going on. There's like one school in particular that has very strong encounters and some people just want it all to be tamed down, um, you know, and others want trauma informed and, you know, uh, what do you think are our solutions here, both as facilitators and as participants? What can, should we start with a facilitator? What can a facilitator do to, to hold a space? Well, I think a lot of education could be done and a lot of like bite-sizing, breaking it down into pieces to try out before. So in a way, going into the rehearsal studio before the big show is on. Okay. So people come in with context and practices that teach them how to regulate within a field like that. Mm. While it's happening, you could have mindfulness bell that helps people to regulate. Am I doing what I want to be doing? Or am I in some kind of strategy? Am I trying to please here? Am I trying to perform here? You know, like a mindfulness bell is really useful, you know? So a mindfulness bell is like when you say to people, we're going to ring a bell every periodically. And when the bell goes, pause and check yeah. your, how you feel inside. Are you in the right situation? So you just kind of have a little tune back into yourself right exactly so you haven't got lost you know, in the outer adventure yeah 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 and then to 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 really normalize that it is a trigger field and we really want to be in a in a trigger field <laughs> we are here to get triggered because when i'm triggered my memories comes up but what is important when my memories comes up and my coping mechanisms that you are here with me because in the past, I was alone with this. But I want to be with you, with it. 
And now it can be integrated into love, into sensuality, into pleasure, into sexuality. This is healing. So we want to stress the system. Otherwise, we can just go home and watch TV. <laughs> you know? So I think this also bleeds into what do we do as aftercare? Because that is also like another thing. How do we as a culture bond around? Well, we make mistakes. We're human beings. We haven't been taught how to relate with one another. We come from rape and plunder and war and atrocity. Like it's, we come from terrible times. And we have the luxury right now to even have these conversations. I mean, we're so extremely privileged, Shashi. Yeah. You and I in particular, we're like, <laughs> we're living like kings and queens. And even to have this conversation is luxury for most of the human population. Right? Absolutely. So I, I just want to state that, you know, we have this great opportunity. But in a way, I want to be in an environment where mistakes are actually encouraged. That we learn from them, you know? And so, so how do we come together a after a play party so that we're not alone with that? You know, after the weekend, is there like a, like a follow-up call? In between, perhaps, weekend, is there like a group that can meet and kind of unpack things? Do people have resources to bring what was stirred up willingly and intentionally and, you know, that we can actually integrate that with love and within the relational context. Mm -hmm. So, so just to reiterate, because these are powerful points you're saying, you're saying that it's actually not about a facilitator being able to create a trigger-free zone, not one where no. exploring these kind of things, but more that we need to change our attitude to trigger and 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 to not sort of be hard on ourselves or each other about mistakes, but to accept that that's part of our growth and our learning but mm -hmm. also to develop aftercare, to develop spaces and tools where we can process what has been triggered and what has come up um, so that we can integrate these pieces. Yeah, plus having a little bit of a bite-sized experience before going into the big show where we can rehearse taking a breath, we can rehearse touching, we can rehearse moving emotional energy, we can rehearse these things that actually are happening so when we're in the big show on stage we kind of knew a few steps that we can take uh, so we don't just revert back into the survival mechanisms of just fawning or pleasing or performing or like this is where people go blind they go unconscious mm -hmm. because they are alone with too much and then survival mechanism kick in mm -hmm. but to know that you're not alone in this is crucial mm -hmm. to know that you can have eye contact and somebody knows whoa you know like you've had experiences before you go here uh, that 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 creates a supportive system while you're there so it's it is not based upon a culture of uh, go and just score like where you where we are alone fighting for the most attractive person or you know like or try trying to fight everybody off because we are the, the most attractive person you know where the, where where we have explored what are possible meeting points here how could we move is this a more submission dom, dom, 
domination? Is this an impact play thing? Are we doing, uh, you know, daddy, uh, 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 daughter thing? Like, what is the attract? What's the pull? What's the aversion? What What is it actually is the meaning point between us? Because there's so much more that we can learn than just be a hope, hope for being lucky to to get laid. You know, that's one creative expression of a human encounter. But God, there's so <laughs> many more experiences that I can have at a play party that are about intimacy and connection and boundary setting and about allowing myself to cry in somebody's arms or just have a have a sensual wrestle with somebody or a really deep conversation or receive pleasure or ask for a foot massage or give a give a kiss on somebody's cheek because it was vulnerable for them to ask for it i mean it's a beautiful thing you yeah. know it's a sacred thing possibly but then i want there to be love and camaraderie and we're in this together i like how you call it talk about rehearsing because i always felt that as I was learning Tantra, I was, like I was, I was young when I started, but I felt like I was rehearsing, literally rehearsing for real life intimacy. You know, I, I was held, I was guided, there were exercises. I could look in someone's eyes, I could breathe through it, I could touch, I could breathe through it, I could massage. And I, I so appreciated having that because of course there's no education like that. And I felt like it was rehearsal for the real uh, life moments so that I didn't freeze up or act out or push them away and I could really let in the love intimacy pleasure all the things that I wanted <sighs> so I love this uh this concept of like rehearsing and taking little bite-sized chunks so that we could stay present and embodied in it um and how important that is for us to learn so I, I think one takeaway from what you're sharing is to people who are um want that to take it slowly for themselves and maybe not mm -hmm. jump straight into like the social event play party type thing as their first tantra but actually to go to workshops with more exercises and practices and smaller encounters so that they can rehearse and build up the capacity to stay embodied and stay present in yeah. interaction and not have these old patterns run the show right something like this would be beautifully reframed yeah and what about, um, though, I think one of the big things that I would like to talk about is here we're talking about participants together, right? You know, I, we all end up at this event and we all want to explore intimacy and so on. But what about when the facilitators themselves are in that container? This is a big topic going on right now. There are, there are many tantra schools that are like, no way should the facilitators be in that field. They should be holding it for everybody else and then there are other mm -hmm. schools that say no no we're humans too <coughs> we're all adults yeah um, you know so what do you think about that i think that the the hurt really happens when it happens behind locked doors mm -hmm. the danger is when it's set up and then it happens in the room behind locked doors uh -huh. it's when when there's a pool of people and then I come like it's this this is the thing what happens behind look I like, that's where I'm like I would never want to do that I just be like whoa but if people want to do that you know I think the most important thing is when things go wrong what do we do 
and to not do it in isolation. Like, does the team know? And how are we transparent about it in front of everyone else? Because everybody will know that something happened behind those locked doors. And what do we do when, when something went wrong and we are of, of different opinions? Is there a system of um, repair? You know, so if they don't know their wounding and they don't know how they compensate for them, you know, it's going to come back and bite them. Don't you think that think they need to be a participant for longer? Because, I mean, I, I felt really clearly on my path that I had things that I needed to work on, like things that were charged, I wanted to express, I wanted to explore. And I knew that that they were still not done yet, you know, not mm -hmm. fully matured. And I had places where I had already done the work and I felt like, okay, I can really hold others in this. And I mean, I know I'm unusual as a teacher, but I still participate in workshops after 20 years because mm -hmm, I feel it's too. important to know when to go and be held by others and when, uh, when, I, can, when I can hold, you know, like, <clears throat> yeah, we're not meant to be perfect. But on the other hand, when you hear stories about people who start teaching Tantra really, really quickly, they do a few weekends they think it's a very glamorous to be a tantra teacher and they think they'll get laid wow. more and whatever absolutely um, i think i see too many people jump in too quickly and then try and fulfill their needs when actually they're the space holder and they're getting paid to hold space and then they're <laughs> they're just there trying to fulfill all their yep. needs and they're yep. getting they're getting all the attention because they're in the in the teacher role you know yep well that's that's the classic i i i know <laughs> I can agree with you and you know like yeah I mean I wanted to be a rock star too you know <laughs> that was part of my motivation to do this university thing too to do the education and to like that was a compensation and and I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy I didn't climb in those rank too quickly I'm happy I had a op opportunity to study a bachelor's and a master's in psychology and then end up working with sex offenders wow. who committed sex crimes with their stepdaughters and whatnot right so i saw the shadow side very clearly too oh, wow. you know so i i have visited for seven years i i i worked in that field you know so i I know the dark side of sexuality and how it can harm generation on and generation. So I think where where where's the you know the human diversity versus the the sex addiction recovery world like somewhere in the middle, you know I I am you know like you know so I I agree many people that jump in because they see it as a very quick way to get laid and to get power and to get a position to feel special and you know and 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 i can just say like what what goes around comes around you know it's like yeah. you know good luck man or good luck woman it's gonna hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a very good point. We don't really get away with anything. I, I yeah, I mean, I don't really like to go <laughs> police others. Uh, I prefer that people are honest about what is possible and why. And 
that they have clearly outlined this is how I will repair this is how I will do if because I also have blind spots yeah. I'm not the one you think I am when you put me up on the pedestal yeah. I'm somebody who gets depressed and anxious and who have traumas too yeah you know? I mean I think when you say that one thing I noticed along my path of especially being around gurus I've been, I've been Osho was dead when I got there but it was still a big field and I've been in in different tantra schools with the guru on the top and and I noticed that we have some responsibility as well as the participant as the student as the disciple of of not of not giving away our power too much because that's always a, a setup for disaster as well mm-hmm. when we when we project that we're going to get something out of sleeping with the guru or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that we're, we're kind of participating in this together. Uh, if, if we do that and that we actually have more power than we think, you know, uh, as, mm-hmm. as the student. And I've been in so many very culty places where I hear stories about the gurus and I've been fine. I felt very, very safe. And I know that a lot of that is because, I didn't have stars in my eyes. I knew they're a human mm. being and I knew they're just in a role and, you know, that they're just a human being and that they also have their traumas and thoughts. Yeah. And when you see it happening, like we can all see, see it. We see it's very close to you and I around us um, that especially I'm noticing women in sexual encounters with someone in a position of power tantra facilitator or, or a healer, body worker, whatever their position they were in, um, women coming out like a Me Too movement and saying, well, I was frozen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I'm reading this again and again. I'm really taking time to read people's experiences and see what's happening. And there's two things, like what can we do to, to avoid that? But what can we do mm. to repair it? Like you were also yeah. mentioning repairing making yeah. mistakes and repairing them let's talk a little bit about the repairing what uh what you know like i think the way that it's generally done is people jump on social media or write an article and and try to destroy the reputation and therefore mm-hmm. take away the power of that person um yeah 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 is there another way yeah well first actually i would like to speak into one other thing because you mentioned freeze and I want to say, like, the, one of the things I bring into this field is the importance of the act of triumph. To actually give the person experience of having boundaries with the arms and having ability to create safe distance with the legs. Basically, the, the, the active defenses of the animal. So I, I, I find when people don't have an access to their active defenses and have been met in setting boundaries... Uh, when fear comes, freeze kicks in and then go into the mind. And this is where all the stories and all the strategies will then, you know, do what I just spoke into. I do whatever I do to belong, to be cool, to be in, you know, to get the gold, you know. Mm -hmm. So for me to actually begin to work with the nervous system informed approach to actually uh, uh, reinstate the active defenses, for me, that's, that's, safety for everyone now we know we can be wild and met we can express anger and be met we can go into rage and be met in that and we can explore by creating distance from another what is my yes to you 
you know, maybe it's two kilometers away, but I have a yes where I feel comfortable in my own skin and connecting to you, where I might be this close to you, but I am trusting myself among others. Number one, that's number one. If I cannot have that, then I doubt I can even have a repair context and, and conversation because then I'm going to be in the stories of what you did to me that is basically confirming what has been done to me. I'm basically just a broken record, mm-hmm. you know? So in a way to, to come back into my own sense of self, connect to my wholeness, okay, now I can own what is on my side of the fence. So this is really interesting. So we're talking about like traditionally say the victim position, the one who went into the freeze. And what you're saying is that if they haven't kind of activated, I'm paraphrasing, so you can tell yeah. me if I got it all wrong. <laughs> if they, they need to like activate their physical boundary responses with the hands and the legs, like be able to, to say mm-hmm. no. To be, um, and if they haven't done that, then they, they stay in a kind of locked in pattern that that then goes into the mind trying to explain the freeze response and, and the experience um, that that can't get out of that that pattern Am I yeah because that- be, yeah be, because basically um, the procedural memory or the way I coped with a trigger in the past is going to be so powerful that I'm going to be flooded and I'm going to be up in my head, spinning, trying to figure out what put me in this position, who did what, and, and if I cannot let this body actually come into a somatic sense of safety, then I cannot hold my mind in a way where it can actually relax and surrender into this moment when I'm empowered as a human being looking at another human being. If I'm in this flood, I am the victim and you are the perpetrator. Right. I'm going to be triggering you into being the aggressor. I'm going to, I know exactly how to get you. I know yeah. where you're vulnerable. I know how to fucking punch your face. So you become the monster yeah, yeah. that I want everybody else to see. Look, he did this to me. Mm, yeah. And this is, just the, this is just the dynamic of the victim perpetrator. It's yeah. just a triangle. That's just a flooded state. Anyone would go into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, being I see that a lot on social media and I notice there's a lot of charge behind it, right? There's charge in the words. And where there's charge, we're in a triggered state. We're not in, in truth. We're in we're in charge. Like I always say yeah. that in personal relationships. If you're charged, you're not speaking truth. So push it through the body. I always say to couples, move it through the body. Because oh. your hands grab. Oh. Right, exactly. Let the, exactly. Let the physical body push it through because anything that's coming out of your head is not coming out straight at all. You're probably going to hurt each other. You're going to create truth that isn't true. You're going to create a reality that isn't true. You're going to get stuck in patterns that create separation and conflict. Um, And afterwards, one other thing, I don't know if you've noticed this, Buster, but then I also see that when that gets fully acted out, say that like victim gets their pitchfork and destroys the enemy, when the enemy's finally dead and gone, there's a great sadness because they realized there was also a part that wanted love or that did indeed love that person. Um, and I, I notice 
that in the full cycle, sometimes people follow that charge and go all out and destroy something that actually they also had love for, uh, like ex-husbands and ex-wives or people who destroy a whole school that they were a part of and then realize that there was a lot of value in it, uh, um, you know, or attack an ex-lover. Oh, and that's also sad to see that we're letting triggers run the show. And that doesn't really lead us to anywhere maybe fruitful. I, I don't know a delicate word to put it. It doesn't lead us where we really want to be. It doesn't lead us to love. Yeah, it leads us into the paradigm of right and wrong. And, and right. uh, you, get, yeah. you get to be right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, there isn't so much more to it, you know. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. All right, what do you do with that? You know, you become righteous. I'm right, so I'm righteous, but who want to be with that? Yeah. yeah, righteous and like pointing the finger at the wrongness of others. And that's the world we're looking at right now. This war going on anywhere. There's polarization. In Sweden, the, like, the third biggest company is the one that is the racist company or uh, political party. So it, it goes on everywhere, the polarization. Yeah. So this is just a response to danger, basically. We go up and we want fast solutions. So repair is a complex process and requires the ability to self-regulate and co-regulate. And if yeah. I'm not able to put my system into safety, then I'm speaking out of charge. And of yeah. course, it's just going to create a domino effect of having charge. And then if you're not being heard, well, who would like to listen to somebody who's angry with you if you don't have a connection with them? Yeah. Well, then you have to speak even louder. Yeah. Then, like, you know, like, so it becomes louder. But then you, I go even, there's just dynamics. They're just so childlike. I mean, it's so... It, <laughs> Underneath yeah. it, there's a need to be heard. And the two people Absolutely. actually really want to come together but they're not exactly. usually setting that up unless exactly. there's a med mediated situation. And that's um, what I'm saying. So social media sucks in terms of conflict resolution. It yeah. just inflames it. Yeah. If you actually want to, if you want to have repair, you at least need a Zoom call. Yeah. You need a third party, yeah. you know, just to kind of to start a com conversation. There are boundaries, there are agreements, there are things that happen that people are responsible for, uh, but but it's never a black and white um, um, reality. So what is the intention of the repair? Why is it that I'm coming to you to have this conversation? You know, that is very important. You know, why do I want to have repair? Is it because I want to hurt you back? Is it because I want to put you behind bars? Is it because I want to be heard? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, the repair could be like another talk here. You know, how do we do that? You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's it, a big topic. For me. And I hear, I hear yeah. a lot of women saying, just as you're so clear on this topic, I hear a lot of women saying, before they have mediation, they say, oh, I got to stop this man from doing it to anyone else, which sounds like a very... A generous thing for the rest of the world but actually with if they then have a mediated session they find out that that their charge isn't so um 
so much about saving the world that they actually have their own pain to unravel in it. Um, so I, I also think it's a little dangerous when when it's all about the perpetrator or all about, about the rest of the world or all about some kind of ethic or philosophy out there somewhere and we lose touch mm -hmm. with our own part, our own experience in it, the place it was touched in us mm -hmm. and, and all of these uh yeah. All of these things. I um, When I was in my early 20s, I was training in the Osho Center as, a, as an Osho therapist. And I had a sexual encounter that was um, without consent. It very surprised me, like from behind. And, you know, like I was very, it was the first time anything like that happened to me. I know most women, I think one of four women have been raped. But anyway, the next day in class was trauma healing. Uh, I feel so blessed in, in my life that mm. I have the event and the next day is the workshop. And and I went forward to process and I was so in, of course, I was in, in, in like a victim mode. I, I had been taken by surprise while someone was mm -hmm. meant to be taking care of me and was taking me home and wrapping me up in bed and then suddenly entered me. So I was very shocked. I was very angry. And wow. the the space holder let me scream it out. The guy was in the room as well. There were 40 people. I didn't name him, but of course he, he knew who he was. And I, I really got to be angry for a while and he gave me a pillow to mm. beat and he let me. And then, but then he said, okay, now I think that you've got that out. Now I want you to, and he just snapped me out of it. And he goes, now I want you to think back on the, the occasion and I want you to check in your body and tell me the moment you felt something was off. So I feel back to going into the apartment and taking me out of room. And I was like, oh, yeah, there was a tightness in my belly at that point when he put the blanket around oh. me. Yeah. And he, so then the facilitator's like, aha. So what is your commitment to that feeling in your belly and to yourself? Wow. And I'm like, I am never going to ignore that feeling in my belly again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say no thanks or get out or whatever I need to say because I knew way before anything happened but in my head and my story I'm telling I was completely taken from you know um, in in surprise but this guy helped me to see what my body's truth was not what my mind's truth was and then amazing. I got the most amazing gift I got empowerment I mean I, I was like in early 20s and I got this gift of like oh my god I I betrayed my own body I am never gonna not listen to to her again and I'm gonna give wow. her a voice and and that you know was one of the most important things I learned to navigate this whole field uh, as a woman you know that's it I mean I'm so happy you bring that up because that is it that is usually we're taught to abandon them and exactly. if we're scared we're not even in touch with them we are like already in strategy who yeah. I need to be to be connected or safe but exactly. so, and the only and way the, to be safe is being conscious in this body. And there's no way around it. No facilitator, no school, no ethics, no government. Yeah. No one can do that safety for us. We yeah. have to be conscious in this body. And yeah. life is going to hurt us every time we, we're dissociating and getting out of this body. And, you know, so it's like, it's like our human responsibility is to learn to get in here <laughs> because we're the only guardian of this temple, you know. No one else is going to do it. And that's so, that, so true with everything in every moment. When am I abandoning myself? It is like this is just, this 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 is it. Yeah. Yeah. Am I in touch with me? Yeah. Yeah. 
And these, you mentioned the word regulation earlier, which I, I meant whenever there's a specialist word, I tend to like pause and explain to people. But we've mm -hmm. come all the way back round to it again because you talked about being able to regulate yourself in a workshop, like in a wild uh, mm -hmm. event. Like how can we be safe to be wild? And, and that's it really, right? We can be that's safe it. to be wild by learning the tools that bring us back into the body, looking at sensations, deepening exactly. the breath, just having that moment of tuning in and checking, is this where I want to be right now? And, and I, I think that trying to control everybody else out there you know, I like often when I hear women say, I've got to get rid of this teacher. I'm like, you, you can shoot one and another 50 pop up over here. You might as well learn how to be safe for yourself and your body because you can't shoot all the potential men that want to have sex with you and using some mechanism. <laughs> it's not just Tantra. It's like Hollywood. It's politics. It's down at the bar at night. It's like everywhere. So rather than trying to destroy every man that's trying to manipulate his way into bed with you, why don't you learn? how to stay safe in yourself so that you're making yes choices, you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly like what can actually help you have an amazing life if people learn to do what you learned in that empowering session i mean that's gold <laughs> yeah so if that could be a teaching in these schools that that will be gold oh <sighs> absolutely they teach the opposite they teach us to be so afraid of sex that we won't have it and that's worse because then we dissociate in intimacy and then we're not present anymore or we get drunk and then we're not present anymore and that's a disaster and we need to be taught how to walk into the fire with our eyes open mm -hmm. it's uh you know if we want to have an exciting life we need to to know how to stay present in in the risk Bingo. <laughs> I love sharing these conversations with you. I'm looking at the time like, wow, we're, we're nearly chatting for an hour on this mm -hmm. topic. And um, yeah, I so enjoy unpeeling it all and hearing your great wisdom and sharing on it all. And I think it's really great also because our, there's quite a trend in trauma awareness, but it, on the internet or wherever, but it tends to be like very safety orientated. Like we have to control everything to be trauma aware, which means that nobody can even say anything that might possibly offend you or, you know, like putting so much cotton wool around. And I can't even imagine what Tantra or even what life would look like or relating or sex like you know we need to actually uh be safe to be to be wild rather than um you know pack everything down too much so i love that you really put a voice to that um, thank you i have one little question that i have right in the middle and i really want to ask which okay. is when you were working with sex offenders did you see um did you see did you see transformation of course yeah this was amazing and usually the transformation that happened was that the older culture bearers were talking to the younger participants so they had there was a transformation that happened through the intimacy between these men there was mostly men who were there not just men but mostly men 
and the treatment was cognitive behavioral therapy based so it was basically writing letters to the victim and realizing how in their mindset how they made it okay to offend a child and they were reading these letters out and everybody were responding giving feedback and they kept rewriting these 20 30 40 times and they get were given feedback from the therapist too but the the most wisdom came from the men who had been there three or four or five years which is what it takes a little bit to reframe and to actually help an offender uh, to restructure the way they think around boundaries and the way they find their own value and acting accordingly and it was all about like and it had to be based in love you know so way? they well that it that the feedback didn't come as a criticalness uh, but it came from been there done that i fucking love you brother but i want you to hear this really loud and clear that is so off see what you telling yourself there like look at that and look look around you where you're at with that you know like it was like tough love but sometimes you know so it it, it so it it was a relational, transparent context. Maybe the first time in their lives they could just share about what was going on, period. And just have, have them like, wow, I hear you. I'm having a rough day too. Do you, do you want to hear how I am? You know, like, you know. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Wow, I'm listening to you thinking, wow, imagine if we got all the tantra teachers together in the world and did the same process and, you yeah, know, I mean, it, have a bit it, more it, feedback. It, lovingly rather than this social media attack but like a space to see where we've got out of line totally totally yeah and and you know the other thing was that the family were also involved like wives um, <laughs> children and so it it, it was the, the whole family system needed to be having these conversations and codependency needed to be addressed, different compulsive behaviors to cope with PTSD needed to be addressed, family of origin, trauma stuff. So it was a very comprehensive treatment, really, you know. But the essence was, was, was love and care, like tough love. But I, I'm hearing the parallels in the Tantra world and just imagining if we could get you with uh, some of the major Tantra teachers and uh, go through some processes and, you know, just uh, have loving feedback. I think I think we so need that because, you know, like when, when I first entered Tantra, Neo-Tantra, it was a pretty much free-for-all thing. Like back in the 80s mm -hmm. or 90s, Osho's world was just like free-for-all, just rip off your clothes and get rid of all your conditioning. And nowadays, mm -hmm. people yep. would freak if that was happening, you know. But mm -hmm. um, but I think it's worth seeing that that the whole field is evolving and that we need to, we are, we do make mistakes, but we're all trying our best and, and that we can learn quicker together. And I think that's the question is how can we learn most efficiently and make the fewest mistakes, especially those that harm others? Um, that would be the ideal way to, to see Tantra moving forward. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure you're going to be a big part of all of that with your work. 
Yay. Uh -huh. Let's make it happen, Shashi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> ah, well, thank mm. you so much for diving into these deep topics. And I feel like it's just the beginning. I feel like there's so many more conversations we could have. Um, mm -hmm. But um, so much already. Yeah, I had so much fun. Yeah. I didn't even know that we could have so much fun. <laughs> this is very fiery and just like really flowing and passionate so thank you <laughs> i've really enjoyed discovering this topic with you actually yeah good well let it, let's let this be the beginning and more to discover yet yeah <laughs> Yay. thank you so much thank you